So think about this. We, we think that by sharing facts and figures and data, we're going to increase our credibility. We're going to show people how smart we are. And so they'll obviously want to work with us. But that emotional connection that you just talked about actually helps people remember better and find the information more credible. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, we got a special one for you today. I've got Mark Carpenter with us. He's a chief storyteller at Master Storytelling. He's a best-selling author of Master Storytelling, how to turn your experiences into stories that teach and inspire he runs workshops on this same topic, and his mission is to bring humanity back to leadership. Mark, welcome to the show, brother. Doug, thanks for having me here. It's great to be with you. Awesome. So I was uh, cyber stalking you, like I do most of my guests, and uh, I saw that a few weeks back, your lights went out, and you had a really great story behind that. Can you walk our listeners through that? Yeah, it, it, we had an experience. I, I lived in the Utah area in Salt Lake City, and uh, our, we had a power outage. It was a big storm that was coming through. And we had this happens, you know, power goes out and, and you know, it will blip for five minutes or so, and it's no big deal. Well, it was off for about five minutes, came back on, thought no problem. Then it went off and then it came back on, and then it went off and it stayed off for about an hour and a half. Well, I had a, a class the next morning, a virtual class that I was teaching. And so I was running through in my head, okay, how early am I going to have to get up to turn the generator on, to get it connected to all the things that need to be connected on? But the funny thing is I wasn't in any kind of panic about it because I had a plan. I, I knew what I was doing. My wife, she's so, she's so awesome. She had out the uh, camp lanterns that had all fresh batteries in them and flashlights and things. Well, the power came back on, so I didn't have to go into my emergency plan. But the funny part of it is then my wife's telling me all these social media posts she's seeing from our neighbors. Like, you know, you find out where your furniture is in the dark, usually with your toes and your shins. Uh, when the power goes out, that's not a great time to find out that all the batteries in your flashlights are corroded or the garage is so dark you can't find your camp lanterns. And I thought, you know, isn't that true in business? We, we try to find the emergency plan during the emergency. And we really got to start doing that before the emergency. And so that's just a great reminder for business. And, you know, from a sales perspective, you don't plan on how am I going to handle an objection when the objection comes? You plan that before the objection comes so that you're ready for it. So it's just a good reminder to, to stay on top of those things and refresh them regularly. So you know what you're going to do when the emergency happens. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, what I do is is a lot of sales team consulting, right? And a, a lot of that is, okay, do you guys have a script? They don't have a script in place. Okay, let's build a script. Let's uh, talk about how to overcome objections, you know, and then what we're going to do when we overcome that objections. Where I think you're bringing a lot of value in is you're not just overcoming the objections with like feature and benefit. You're overcoming the objection by tying emotion to it and telling a story. Yeah, right on. And I think that's one of the best places to use storytelling in sales. Somebody can, you know what the common objections are. You'll be mm -hmm. able to plan for that. If you've had any kind of experience, you will know what those objections are. 
Well, talk to your other sales associates, talk to your, to your colleagues, talk to other people in the business and say, how, what are some examples of people who had that objection and how, how they overcame that objection? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's, yeah, I had somebody that said the same thing as you. Maybe it's the objection of, yeah, we just don't have budget this quarter. That's probably a fairly common one. We don't have right. budget this quarter. Well, can you tell them a story about, yeah, I had somebody that was in the same boat. And I, I get it. That's that's a logical challenge. Well, even just by saying that, you've made a connection with that person. You, mm-hmm. you, you've related to them and they can relate to you. But then can you tell the story about when they didn't overcome that objection, they ran into these kind of problems. I really don't want you to have those kind of problems too. So is there a way that we can work around this? Or here's how they overcame that objection. Mm-hmm. And, it, and here's the success that they got from it. I want you to have that level of success. And that kind of relationship storytelling will connect them to you. And maybe it won't overcome the objection in the moment, but it'll help them to overcome the objection with the people internally that are giving them the objections in the first place. Yeah. No, I love that. And I love it because it just clicked that one of the ways that we overcome objections, and this is classic door-to-door 101, and uh, it's we call it feel, felt, found. I completely understand how you feel. A lot of people are dealing with that in the marketplace right now. Uh, Mr. Jones felt the same way. And what he found out was that he ended up saving money on the back end using our service, you know? And so it's a very small, it's a very small and quick story. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, how, how would you recommend that in terms of not necessarily overcoming objection, but maybe just talking about a feature in the business, how should they structure that story? Yeah. You know, we, we spend a lot of time as we, as we teach and lead in sales talking about, features and benefits and how that connects to people. But do we tell the story of the transformation? And that's really what that. your customers want is what transformation am I going to experience by making the investment in your product or service? Mm-hmm. Uh, here I am today. Where is it that I want, want to be? And sometimes they don't even know where they want to be because, because they're not familiar with your product or service. They may not even see that. So that's what I want you to focus on is what's that transformation we're trying to help people to see that they're going to get. And you can do that in a very simple three-part structure that we go through in the book and in the workshop, uh, Master Storytelling, where we talk about current state, where are things right now, what's a goal they want to accomplish, and then the, the conflict, what's getting in the way of that goal, and then the change. How is that goal achieved? getting through that conflict, getting past the conflict that they have that will help them achieve the goal that they want. And when we can help people see that transformation that they need to make, they're going to be more open than just features benefits that that we share with them. I I love it. I love it because a lot of times we, when we structure a pitch, the presentation piece is overcoming the pain points you know, and how we're going to overcome those. We're going to prescribe our product and our product is going to give them a, uh, the remedy, right? Which is the the benefit. And then, uh, but one of the things I always like to do at the end of that presentation piece is what we call like our crystal ball close, you know, which is like, what is your life going to be like after you have the service, you know, so that it makes so much sense. And I love how it's all tying together. Let me ask you this. 
Um, and, and I'm asking this because of your, uh, your, your history. What qualifies someone as a master storyteller in your mind? And, and I, I know why you are, because I've gone and done the research and it didn't take a whole lot. I just looked at your LinkedIn page, <laughs> but what, what in your mind that, that is a, an amazing title to have that I would like to have someday. So what would qualify them? You know, I think the first thing is being intentional about why you're telling stories. Uh, you know, we, we define story probably a little differently than, than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say, well, I'm going to put my story out there in social media or whatever it is. Yeah. And they just tell an experience that they had. Or they come home and they tell the story of their day, you know, from the experiences they've had that day. Mm-hmm. But what we term as story is really being intentional about story with a purpose. And the purposes are in the subtitle of the book, Teach, Lead, and Inspire. Now, if I was if I was to rewrite the book today, I would add the one word to that subtitle, and it would be Teach, Lead, Sell, and Inspire. Because really, that's, that's what we're doing uh, when we're telling stories. We're trying to move people to action. And so I think it's that intentionality and being able to do it with some structure, with the clarity that people will be able to get to it. Sometimes we, we, uh, we tell a story and it goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And we hope that people get the point at the end. <laughs> we keep trying to remake the point. <laughs> there, there, there you go. And, and I call that, they, they don't land the plane. <laughs> they're just, they're just yeah. flying it around, you know, trying to, trying to find their location. But if you're really intentional about your storytelling, you know what that endpoint is that you want to get to, and you can get to it in a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. And people are going to going to give you that couple of minutes because it's going to be enticing enough for them that they want to see where it's going. They want to see what that resolution is at the end. I love it, and I think one of the reasons that you're so dialed in on what master storytelling is, and you know. I recognize it because it, it it relates to, you know, our the way we structure our sales pitches and stuff like that, or sales in general, right? And that's how you know that that's how you know, hey, Mark knows what he's talking about because it's tying into what what we do already, you know, in 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 terms of sales. So you spent two decades working in PR for banking and technology. Um, what led to your decision to, all right, go from there to become a consultant, basically at that point? Oh, and wow. I, I'm, I'm curious about this because I just made that decision literally <laughs> three, three months ago. Yeah, this is, this is a story in and of itself. So during that time, toward the end of the time that I was working in, in corporate PR and, and technology, I also started teaching at a university as an adjunct. Mm-hmm. And I, when I went into that role, I thought back to the p- teachers who had the greatest impact on me when I was in college. And I'll give you one guess, Doug. What do you think those teachers did that had the greatest impact on me? Told stories. Wow. How did you get to that? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I remembered the stories they told, but not just the stories they told, but the points those stories made. And so that's the impact that I wanted to have. So as I went in as a a university professor, that was what what I went in with the mindset of. How am I going to take the concepts I want to teach these students and put them into stories that will drive home that point? Now, like you said, I'd already had decades of experience doing that in, in business, but that kind of gave get, got me the charge. And then I, I connected with a friend of mine who was in, in consulting and training, 
-hmm. and started doing some training with him. And that just gave me the the bug and it just was more and more and more and it built on it. And I got to the point of, okay, what's my thing going to be? And it was my wife who pointed it out to me. She said, you need to teach people how to take everyday experiences and turn them into stories that have a point and that lead people to action. My first response to that, this, this is, this is on me. My first response to that was, yeah, but that's not a thing. That's just what people do. And she said, no, 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 you don't get it. <laughs> you do this naturally because you've done it for decades. Yeah. You could teach people how to do that. And so that was, was really the change that came about to me that said, yeah, I, I can do it. As I started to talk to people about it and float that idea, I still didn't initially trust my wife's judgment on that. So <laughs> I, I talked to some other people and they were like, oh, that would be so great to have some intentional way of getting that skill across to people. And so that yeah. led to the book, which led to the workshops. And, and here we are today. I love it. I love it so much because uh, a lot of times we don't believe our genius, you know what I mean? Because we're in it all the time, you yeah. know? And so for, for me, it was joining a mastermind group and then having them constantly ask me, how do you build these teams? Like, how do you recruit thousands of people over a decade? You know what I'm saying? Or how do you train them? And they kept asking me these questions over and over again. And to me, it's just like second nature, common sense, you know, SOPs, yeah. training structures, opportunity structures, opportunity meeting, all this stuff that, you know, I had developed over the last 13 years just came natural and to them. It was gold. And yeah. I was like, Oh, I've got something here. This, and, is, and, what, this is what Chip and Dan Heath in, in the book made to stick called the curse of knowledge. Mm -hmm. We, we know stuff and it's so clear and evident to us. We just assume everybody else knows it on the same level. Mm -hmm. And think about that from a sales standpoint. This is why we don't use those stories. Because it's like, well, that was my experience. So it can't be that important. It can't be that big a deal. But other people haven't experienced that. They've experienced something close enough to it that when you tell their story, they're going to be able to connect to it. They're going to be able to make that relationship. And who do people buy from? They buy from people they know, like, and trust. And that's how you build that relationship is by connecting with those stories. And again, we, we do it in sales. But maybe we don't do it as intentionally as we could and should. And that's that's what I'm trying to get people to focus on is right. how do you be intentional about using this skill to accomplish your goals? No, and I love it because if you if you look at two sales processes side by side, one is storytelling, one is feature benefit based and very structural, right? And you and you look at those two sales processes and then and then put customers through them. I think what you're going to find is over time, the data is going to show you that one, you convert higher with the storytelling because of the emotional tie, yeah. but also because of that emotional tie to that story that that customer has, it kind of gets stored in the subconscious. Those emotional things get stored in the subconscious, not really the facts and figures so much. Right. Yeah. And so when you look at your data on the back end, your churn rate, the amount of customers that cancel the customer happiness metric, whatever that might be, those, those data points are going to be so much better because you tied it all to emotion on the front end and you use storytelling in the process. Right on. I feel like that alone is massive for a lot of sales organizations and, and companies that are self-centric. There's a cool research study that divided people into three groups and they gave them information in three different ways. One group, they just verbally gave them the information with data, with kind of facts, figures, features, benefits type of thing. Mm -hmm. 
The second group, they gave him charts and graphs to go along with it. And the third group, they gave him the information in the form of a story. And then they checked back in with him two weeks later. And what they found was that the first two groups, there was no statistical difference in how much they remembered or how accurately they remembered. It was about the same. The third group, they not only remembered more and remembered it more accurately, they also found it more credible. So think about this. We, we think that by sharing facts and figures and data, we're going to increase our credibility. We're going to show people how smart we are. And so they'll obviously want to work with us. But that emotional connection that you just talked about actually helps people remember better and find the information more credible. And isn't that what we want from those that we're trying to serve? Absolutely. And the, it's not just their brain telling them it's credible because of the facts and figures. It's their emotions telling them that it's credible, which is why people buy. Yeah, people buy on emotion and they justify on logic. So they, they, they need that emotion to, to be able to buy. And then they'll come back later. This is why you do need the facts and figures and the features and benefits is because they will justify using those things. But it's the emotional connection that's going to lead them to buy in the first place. Yeah, that's important to have both. I, I couldn't agree more. So you've owned your own consulting firm for about 10 years now. Do you have any advice for someone like me? I'm about a year into the journey, about three months full time now um, in, in consulting. So, And then we have a lot of listeners that are consultants as well. Do you have any advice for us? You know, I, I think just in the realm of storytelling, I would get to identify your story, practice your story, and keep getting feedback and working on that. Don't assume that the story will always be the same. It's like, okay, here's my story. I've got it down. It's always mm -hmm. going to be the same. It's going to adjust. It's going to flow. It's going to change a little bit different depending on who you're talking to as well. But learn from those opportunities where you have to tell your story and get the best feedback you're going to get is the looks in the people's eyes as you're talking to them and the responses that you get from them. You will be able to see which stories are landing. Uh, I would add to that in terms of building great sales teams, just going mm -hmm. to your main topic. I love mm -hmm. that you kick off each episode of your podcast with great experiences, build great leaders. And it's those experiences that if we can turn those into stories, that's one way to build a great team too. Mm -hmm. Your team doesn't have to have every experience that you had. If you can relate those experiences in a story in a way that they will feel like they've had the experience themselves. And that will motivate them into greater action and, again, build a greater sales team. And it'll, it'll convict them, too. Yep. When they get emotionally tied to that story, that reason why you have that value. And they now have that value. You know what I mean? They're, they're convicted to it. Yeah. Okay, so your book, um, you've talked about it a few times now. But uh, can you just give us a quick synopsis of what it covers and what uh, our listeners can expect when they, they go to pick it up? Because we're going to leave the link in the, the show notes here. Yeah, we, we wrote the book as a how-to guide. It's how to take those everyday experiences. First, finding those experiences. Where are they? This is one of the big pushbacks I get initially is, well, I have a boring life, so I don't have any experiences. And that's false. <laughs> Everybody does. We love stories because we live stories. It's part of our everyday life. So where do you find those stories that are going to have the impact that you want to have? So it starts there. Mm -hmm. And then how do you convert that story 
or that experience into an actual story. Well, what are the components that make a story useful, that make a story memorable, that make people connect, that allow you to teach, lead, sell, and inspire? And we give you some practical ways to practice that and to integrate some additional deeper dive skills in there. Like how do you use questions within your story to really draw people in? I, I, in sales, questions are one of the great tools that, that you can use. Well, you can yeah. tie that into storytelling as well to really draw people in. Mm -hmm. So it's really a how-to guide. And then we end it with an appendix that has an example, examples of several different stories that you can even take and use and adapt to your, yourself for, for your business needs. I love it. And I think, I think that is a lost art in sales for sure, because now so, so much of sales is done on the front end, right? So much of sales is done through PR. And by the time you get to the transaction, they're like 70 or 80% sold on it. And maybe there's just one or two objections that have them stuck, but a, a, a story could get them unstuck. There you right? go. And I yeah. feel like that's, that's a definitely a needed, a needed practice. So if I'm more of an experiential learner, you have workshops. Uh, yeah, we, we have, we have public workshops that we do virtually uh, four or five times a year. We also will come into your organization. We'll teach your sales team storytelling. And so, so we can do it directly with the, the team. Um, I speak at conferences. Uh, we also do storytelling coaching where we can do team coaching or we can do individual coaching. And I can either mm -hmm. do that in person uh, bring me to your site or we can we can do it virtually through through the wonderful power of the internet that that we yeah. have we can connect with people from all over the place which is just a the fantastic tool that we have in our days but yeah however i can help you to get to that point where a you're telling your stories intentionally with with the intent to help people Mm -hmm. And B, to just give you the, the practice and experience and the feedback and the coaching that you need so that you feel comfortable doing that and integrating that into your to your day to day work. Absolutely. And you've got you've got one coming up on May 16th through 18th. Is that correct? Correct. And we do that. We do that public workshop in three 95 minute virtual sessions. And, and so they're, they're 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 quick. They're absorbable. And then we give you little assignments overnight to come back to prep for, for the next, to, for the next session. And we found that that actually works really, really well to, to give people that opportunity to absorb what we learned, apply it, come back, take the application, add something onto it, apply it, come back. And the third session, actually, most of it is a practice session where you get some feedback on a story that's based on a real experience that you're going to tell. Amazing. And uh, is there a cost associated with these workshops? Yeah, the workshops are four ninety nine per person. Mm -hmm. uh, if we want to do an internal workshop, I can, I can. That'll come down. the The per person price will come down on an internal yeah. workshop because I'll, I'll do it directed to your organization. So we'll we'll just get a fixed cost in there, and that includes all the materials that that uh, they're they're involved with it. A workbook. You get a copy of the book itself uh, when you do the workshop. I love that. And I love that the, the, the price point is at 500 bucks because it's like an individual can go and make that investment in their skill set, you know, an yep. individual salesperson, which we have a lot of those listening to the podcast as well. So we really wanted to make that. it accessible. We, we wanted it, it something that people could could get into. They could see the value of it. And we just think it's going to expand and grow from there, too. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. OK, so what's next for you and your business? 
You know, it's taking it to the next level. Uh, We we do a lot of work with sales professionals and Mm -hmm. also with training professionals. That's the other audience that that we do a lot of work with. But for me, the next level is let's get this up into the executive leadership level as well. How many how many times do we sit in corporate meetings and we we get the presentations like, oh, my gosh, how can I stay awake during this? And you're doing everything you can just to keep it going. What if we could get leadership to really teach, lead, sell, and inspire with the power of storytelling? Uh, I had an executive at one time in my career who he was new to the organization and he wanted to present EBITDA to everybody. And this was a technology company. So about 80% of our employees were software engineers. And I said to him, you've got to explain what EBITDA means to them in their world. And his response was, well, they should figure it out. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. And and we got the experience that I just was talking about there where people were checking out. They they didn't know what it meant to them. So Mm -hmm. I want to take it up to that next level leadership, the executive and C-suite level of leadership to help them tell the story of what they're talking about in a way that's going to be impactful to their teams. And again, it goes back to building great teams. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I think there's, there's a lot of opportunity for speakers too, in that, you know, just to take that. It's a a lot of people in my masterminds are, you know, influencers or they're building their machines on social media, you know, and the ability to jump on social media and tell a story through video now is, you know, that, that skill set, you really can't put a price on it anymore. Yeah. Even if you're doing it for others, but if you're doing it for yourself, it's, it's massive in terms of credibility and tying the emotion to your service, you know? And so I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, so the, the value that I bring there is it gives people a simple process mm-hmm. to get that story down to a good social media length. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to go rambling on and on and on with your story if it's a social yeah. media post. It needs to be succinct and, and we give you a structure to help you with that. Yeah. And I'm such a analytical guy, you know? So it's like, I'll start telling a story and then I'll go off into the data and then I'll go off into the results and then, you know, forget where I was going. Like you said earlier, (laughs) flying the plane with no, no, uh, no runway in sight. (laughs) Just so you know, Doug, you're not alone. (laughs) That's a common problem. (laughs) I appreciate it. All right. So the last question I asked is a little deeper. Um, you know, this is something that I, you know, I feel like my life's work, I'm going to end up here, which is talking about legacy. So what does legacy mean to you? And what legacy do you want to leave behind? You know, I, I want to leave a legacy where we lead like human beings. We, we get into leadership positions. We don't intentionally stop leading like humans. But we get so focused on numbers and policy and process and it's just, just those kinds of things that we lose the humanity in our business. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to really build more humanity back into the leadership of business. And so if, if that's the, that, that's a legacy that I would love to be able to leave behind is increasing the humanity in our leadership. You know, and that made me immediately think of, you know, cause I've been very number centric in my past and it has, it's lost me people. Right. You know, I went from uh, 110 salespeople to like 50 or 60 and, uh, you know, different reasons and variables and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I was very numbers focused, very data, 
you know, all you have to do is hit the numbers. All you have to do is hit the controllable actions and we'll get the results, you know? Yeah. But I think uh, what you're talking about is tying that result to an experience, a, um, an impact, if you will, you know? And I think when you can do that, you've got the best of both worlds. Yeah, right on. And and yeah, please understand, I'm not discounting the importance of numbers. We 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 need those numbers. We need those metrics to mm-hmm. track things. But we also need the hearts of our people. And you're not going to get the hearts of your people through numbers most of the time. It's going to be in making that connection between what do those numbers mean to you? What's the transformation you can experience? Mm-hmm. It's going to inspire you to action and story will get us there. Love it. So if uh, any of our listeners want to follow you or want to follow up on your book or your workshops, where's the best place for them to do that at? Well, two two places you can start with. One is our website, which is master-storytelling.com. You have to have that little dash in between master and storytelling to get to us. Um, The other is on LinkedIn. So look for Master Storytelling on LinkedIn or look for me, Mark Carpenter, on, on LinkedIn. There's a bunch of Mark Carpenters in the world. So you just look for the one with the master storytelling book uh, hanging around in the, in the image and, and you'll find me. So those are probably the two best places to, to find me these days. And I did, I, I searched it that way, Mark Carpenter, master storyteller. And then you came up Awesome. <laughs> before I wasn't able to find you. <laughs> Good confirmation that that works because, you know, you search for yourself and you immediately come up so, because it, your yeah. computer knows who you are. Yeah. So thank you for that confirmation that that will work. No, for sure. Um, Mark, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a fantastic episode. I can't believe we're, we packed all of that into 30 minutes. So that was amazing. And that's a, that's a, a testament to your storytelling ability to keep it short, concise, and to the point and with the end in mind. So thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been my pleasure to talk with you and, and your listeners today. And I wish you the best. All right, guys, let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. We really do appreciate it. As you know, we believe that great leaders build great teams. How do you become a great leader? You learn from the greats. Join us at the Million Dollar Mastermind put on by Ryan Stuman in Frisco, Texas, and learn everything that you need to learn to be that great leader. The link will be in the description below. As always, we ask that you like, share, and subscribe wherever you consume podcasts so you can stay up to date with the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. Let's get building.